lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. We're live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre are here with me as well. If you'd like to join us today, 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program. D-E-A-C-E, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show over on Parlor at Steve Dace and check out our new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And don't forget, pre-orders are going on now. Got word from our publisher today. They're happy with how you all are performing so far. But frankly, my children, they're expecting even more. Right? They are expecting a good Christmas this year. And it's up to you. We're all, you know what? We're all in this together. I did the writing. Now you do the buying. My next book, A Nefarious Carol. It is the novella sequel. Is that a good pitch or was it really self-serving and snotty? Both. Can it be both? Uh, Can it? Yeah, exactly. Is it better to be respected or feared? Why not both? Right. All right. Anyway, and uh, we're going to add something there. Yeah. yeah. I'll, uh, you know, just wear your mask to get the freedom back. Just buy the book. So Steve will stop bothering you. That's exact. Yes. Now that's a pitch. I, I, I endorse that pitch. Buy the book. So I'll stop bothering you. It's the novella sequel uh, to my 2016 book, A Nefarious Plot, which we are now making in to a film. We are in full time production for the film beginning this week. Very, very excited. But the novella sequel is coming out just in time for Christmas, December 15th. Get your pre-ordered copy at Amazon today, and I'll stop bothering you until you buy two, right? Maybe. I mean, it is kind of about me, right? At least a little bit. All right, coming up on the show here today, uh, we are going to play our weekly game of buy, sell, or hold, beginning at the bottom of the hour. That's when we hand you the keys to the car and decide where you're going to drive us. Uh, Also, our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz. He'll be joining us to take us inside politics, coming up in the final segment of the program. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by bigotry. The attacks on potential RBG replacement Amy Coney Barrett's faith have already kicked into high gear. Journalist Daniel Trotta, who says in his Twitter bio that he's won awards for excellence in transgender coverage, wrote a story for Reuters, one of the largest international media outlets in the world called Handmaid's Tale, U.S. Supreme Court Candidates Religious Community Under Scrutiny. CNN legal analyst Susan Hennessy says Amy Coney Barrett's personal faith is entirely unobjectionable and between her and her creator. Her clear intention of imposing her private beliefs, including religious views on the American public by overturning long-settled president, should disqualify her from the bench. Newsweek headline, How Charismatic Catholic Groups Like Amy Coney Barrett's People of Praise Inspired the Handmaid's Tale. Refinery29 headline, Did Amy Coney Barrett's Religious Group Inspire the Handmaid's Tale? Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer was heckled yesterday while discussing Ruth Bader Ginsburg's replacement. And we need Americans to stop lying to the people. Stop lying to the people. Jesus loves you guys. Thank you. Bernie Sanders tweets, yes, abortion is a constitutional right. 
period. President Trump signed an executive order yesterday formally ending all federal agencies' so-called racial sensitivity trainings involving the use of critical race theory and white privilege. This comes on the same day it was revealed that the New York Times, along with 1619 Project Director Nicole Hannah-Jones, are walking back the main claim of the project. You may remember the 1619 Project. It's what amounts to a progressive papal encyclical released by a team of writers from the New York Times last year, whose central claim is that the seminal event in U.S. history was the arrival of slaves on the shores of the New World. It was and is an effort to rewrite history and codify the notion of systemic racism into the American psyche. Now, nothing close to that main idea can be found on the 1619 Project's website, and Hannah Jones has apparently deleted her entire tweet history after claiming in a tweet, quote, the 1619 Project does not argue that 1619 is our true founding. Hannah Jones won a Pulitzer Prize for the 1619 Project, which is now reportedly being taught in numerous public schools around the country. Back to Trump, a new morning consult poll shows 53% of college football fans believe President Trump played a role in the return of Big Ten football, announced last week. President Trump held a rally in Pennsylvania last night where he mocked Joe Biden's mask usage. Sleepy Joe with the little circles. Are you kidding? He puts him very far away, so far away, and then he comes up with a mask. He's like a hundred yards from the nearest human being. He's got a mask. He feels good about the mask. I wonder, in the debate, it'll be him and I on the stage. Is he going to walk in with a mask? I'll be honest. He feels good about it. He feels good about the mask, and that's okay. You know what? Whatever makes you feel good. The widow of the late John McCain, Cindy McCain, announced yesterday she's going to be voting for Joe Biden. McCain becomes the first Republican in the history of the world not to back her party's nominee. The CDC released their latest best estimate for the infection fatality rate of Wuhan coronavirus. Essentially, what it found is that if you're aged 0 to 19, you have a 99.997% chance of surviving the virus. If you're 20 to 49 years old, you have a 99. 98% chance of surviving. If you're 50 to 69, you have a 99.5% chance of surviving. And if you're over the age of 70, you have a 94.6 chance of surviving. Oxford epidemiologist Sunetra Gupta has been making the rounds on television in support of that dangerous strategy of herd immunity. Well, it's unfortunate that the term herd immunity has acquired such a sort of um, you know, it sounds like devil. I mean, people, the, the way it's been described, I mean, even today on Twitter, I noticed people calling it, uh, I mentioned it on Irish radio, and um, it was labelled as a dangerous concept. I mean, herd immunity, in fact, actually maybe, I think, is our way out of this. Um, we're very fortunate, I think, actually, with this virus, that it doesn't do harm to young people. Indeed, if you're under the age of should I say 55, um, it, it really isn't something to worry about. And I would say generally people under 65 shouldn't, you know, it's in line with the, all sorts of risks that we take anyway. And finally, Weird Times on CNN. I'm looking for the president's <laughs> oh, health care okay. plan. Right. I wish I had a magnifying glass. I, I don't know, but whenever you tell me you're looking for something around <laughs> me and you say you're using a magnifying glass, I get nervous. <laughs> and that's what happened while we were away. Does he look like the type of guy? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. 
Aaron's Montage, brought to you not by magnifying glasses, um, but by our friends over at Brickhouse Nutrition. You know that interview that they just that you just had in your montage there with the Sunitra Sunitra Gupta over at Oxford. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's their chief professor of theoretical epidemiology there. Oxford, by the way, number one rated university on planet Earth according to U.S. News and World Report. So, you know, just a, a place everybody gets into when they apply. Commuter school, basically. Okay. Um, and she's talking about herd immunity. Todd and I were just having a conversation about that clip as it was going on in real time off the air. That kind of ties into Brickhouse Nutrition. We were talking about, is this evidence of someone, I mean, not to typecast, but given her name, that's that's probably an Indian name or a, a, it's an Eastern name, you know, right? It's mm-hmm. Now, she may be native, I mean, uh, native to the UK, but obviously with a name like that, her family has some kind of influence in that part of the world or tradition in that part of the world, right? Sure. And could her contrarianism, because, I mean, the day, literally the day after, Literally the day after the Imperial College model came out in March, she gave an interview to The Economist the day after saying, this is complete and total horse pucky. like the day after. And I'm wondering, is it because maybe she's not totally worked over by big pharma Western uh, sick care? We don't do health care in the West anymore. We like preventative health care. Like now Fauci wants to tell you to take your vitamin D. You, I, I was a kook for suggesting it in March, right? Okay. You can only take things that are prescribed antibiotics with 30-second ads and 27-second disclaimers. Anything other than that, sunlight doesn't, none of that can work. If it's, not, if, it, if, if, if it's not chemically made in some big pharma lab here in the West, then it's just kook medicine, right? That, that's kind of what we are teaching ourselves today, which is junk science, by the way. And I wonder if some of her willingness to push back on this and call BS on it and push traditional methods of medicine may come from the fact that either her herself or her family comes from a part of the world where they're just not totally worked over by Western big pharma sick care masquerading as healthcare yet. I wonder. Bet the house on it. I I would be willing to put a substantial amount of your money on it. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, the idea of doing things to be preventative, like right now, folks, Right now, you should be pounding your vitamin D right now, building that wall of vitamin D up in your body for when winter arrives and the days are shorter. Right now, you should be doing it, right? And that's where stuff like Brickhouse Nutrition comes in, all right? You know, one scoop one scoop has a real serving of a USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. That's more than most Americans will probably get in a day, okay? And you're supposed to get like several servings of this a day. Um, and it will boost your energy, your, uh, help you with a healthy immune system. Take charge of your health care, all right? And not to mention that, but, you know, we know, well, we used to know that a diet that is dense in fruits and vegetables reduces the risk of all kinds of things, like heart disease, the number one killer in America, for example. So if you want to try Field of Greens, it's prebiotic, probiotic, and all the good stuff right now. You just take one scoop, mix it in any water-based drink, and you're good to go. Uh, you can get 15% off your first order right now when you go to BrickHouseSteve.com. That's BrickHouseSteve.com, and use the offer code Steve, 15% off your first order right now at BrickHouseSteve.com, offer code Steve. All right, let's let's get to uh, what was in your montage, Aaron. And oh boy, those updated CDC best estimate IFRs. Would you shut a country down for any of those stats? 
Clearly, yes. <laughs> yes. A couple of times. <laughs> Thank you. Folks, <laughs> CDC came out with this the same day they urged Americans not to trick-or-treat this year. You know, if you go back to the very beginning, the first question I ever asked when I just said, you know, I'm going to be that guy. Everybody, including a lot of my friends in our own movement, kind of fallen in line. We got to, got to be careful. Got to, eh, I don't know. Because I had fallen in line the last few times. You know what? Bob Mueller's got a really decorated record of service to this country. I'm going to give him a fair shake and see what he comes up with. Right? We tried that. We did. We did. Yeah. I don't know. I can't believe Christy Blasey Ford would just be making the whole thing up. Let's have a hearing and see what she has to say. I did that too. We right? did. Yeah, I did that too. Yeah. Uh, let's let's read the Nunez and Schiff memos. We'll even do it live on the air. Read them together in real time and react. And we did that. We did. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. Remember when Moses Malone predicted the 76ers were going to sweep their way to the NBA title? Foe, foe, foe. One of the great sports quotes of all time. Remember that? Yeah, we, we tried now three separate times to give the system the benefit of the doubt. We didn't go foe, foe, foe. We went O, O, O. That's what we did. We went O for O for O. Okay? So now I'm stubborn. I am stubborn, man. I am. I don't like to backtrack on things, even if I think I might be wrong. I don't like to admit when I'm wrong, okay? I will if you prove it to me, but there is a high threshold of evidence, okay? I am stubborn. I'm not stupid. I'm not stupid, so. You know, my mom used to say to me growing up, one time, shame on you, two times, shame on me, three times is a, is a Haiti buckwheat. So after three times of taking the banana in the tailpipe, I finally said, you know, guys, I'm going to start this year by assuming I'm being lied to, right? So when this thing called coronavirus came down and with no evidence at all, we bought up every square of toilet paper, which I still don't understand. All of the cleaning wipes, which I do understand. And by the way, I'm a big fan of cleaning wipes and I'm still pissed about that. Okay, the Costco ones are the best and they haven't been there for months. All right, I'm mad, not happy. Okay, <laughs> I finally just decided, you know what? <laughs> not gonna do it this time. Just not falling in line this time, not doing it. And maybe this will turn out to be the one time I should have done it, given what's at stake if I'm wrong, right? But I just, a lot of the same people telling me to put my head between my legs and kiss my rear end goodbye on this. Assume the position. Smod didn't deliver us in 2016, but COVID-19 would in 2020. A lot of those same people were why I went oh, 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 oh on trusting the system and giving it the benefit of the doubt the last few years. So I just decided, you know... The only thing wrong about allowing yourself to be fooled and lied to three times, can you guess what it is? Oh. A fourth! Yeah, that sucks. So I just decided, eh, nah, I'm going to sit this one out, I think. I'm going to 
the very least, I'm going to ask a few questions. I've got, I've got questions. And the very first question I asked, even before I asked the question, how do you know when to flatten a curve if you don't, want to, don't know when it began? That was the second question I asked. Remember the first one? When does the worldview or the expertise end and the worldview begin? That was the first question. And I gave you an analogy at the time. If we go to the Grand Canyon with a renowned geologist, we would not presume to argue sediment formations with him, would I? No. Not unless you're a moron. Is he going to know a hell of a lot more about that than you? Yeah. He has forgotten more than you're ever going to know. Because you fell asleep that entire year of science class when you were a kid. But then, when he's done discussing sediment formations, and he looks at the grandeur of the Grand Canyon, and he, he looks at the, the tapestry and the artistry, something greater than us has its imprint to create something like that, right? And then he says, and of course, this all just happened because one day, two amino acids got it on in the cosmos and created a single-celled protein, and there was a big bang, and over millions and millions and millions, billions maybe, of years, voila, the grandeur you see before you called the Grand Canyon arised, emerged. That's what I'm going to say, uh, BS. Got to call BS on that one. Because see, now we're not discussing your expertise. We're not. Now we're debating your worldview. That's a different conversation. Now I am qualified to have that one. And frankly, I would hope all of you watching this are at least on some level qualified too. And one of the things we're trying to do on things like Blaze TV is get you, help you get qualified to have those kinds of debates. Okay. We're not trying to teach you, um, uh, you know, to, to think like us. We're trying to help you to think for yourself. See, the minute he says that now, he has crossed a line, right? He has no longer offered his own expertise of, what, of, of what's occurring in real time. He has now crossed a line into what we call projection. He is projecting his worldview on these events now. And that's different. And you can just deconstruct his worldview by that classic scene in Ben Stein's Expelled where he asks Richard Dawkins over and over again the question we all hate from our kids. Do you remember? Why? Just kept asking him this all the time. Why? 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 Finally, Dawkins gives up and says, I don't know, maybe aliens came with crystals or something. Wasn't that Mm -hmm. Dawkins' answer in that clip? We should pull that out from the memory banks at some point. It's that movie's about 15 years old now, but, um, that's what you're watching here. See when CDC gives you the IFR rate, that's just the data. They're just reporting the data they have accumulated. That's it. And I would argue the IFR rate is actually lower because we're going off of the assumption from CDC that there's 10 times more cases than we have been able to find with our testing. Yet their own antibody testing that they did back in April before the virus arrived in places fully, like the Sun Belt, for example, their own antibody testing they did back in April found that it was 11 to 24 times more people were infected with antibodies than had shown up in any kind of a positive test at that point. But we'll go with 10. 10's fine. It's a nice round number. We can all do that math in our heads, right? Okay. So let's just go with 10. 
the infection fatality rate from CDC, do you and I have the capability of, a, of, of generating that data independently? No. No. No, it's going to take a department with expertise that knows how to test, knows how to do those antigen tests, the antibody tests, right? It, it's going to take people with expertise to acquire that data, right? Yes. Okay. All right. But when they cross, when they when they start telling you, don't trick or treat. Now that could be their expertise, but then I'd want to see what the data says, right? Based on this data that Aaron had for you in his montage. First of all, how many people age 70 and over trick-or-treat? How many? Uh, not many is the official answer from the U.S. Census Bureau. Not many, I believe it says. Very few. Okay. All right. There is a better chance, a, a far better chance, you or your child is getting hit by a car on Halloween or beggar's night because of trick-or-treating. Then you will either contract or spread COVID to somebody who will then either kill you or you will kill based on these numbers. And it's not even close. It's not even close. So then I have to ask the don't trick or treat thing that their expertise or is it their worldview? You know, the same CDC who said back in May, we should only do mail in balloting this year. And then when the president said, that noise, not doing that, right? <laughs> I'd like to see if I can actually win this thing, okay? CDC was like, oh, it's a draft letter. Wasn't meant to get out. Last week, COVID-19 is airborne. It's Ebola. Look up. Actually, look down. That's the direction we look in. We look down for our salvation. It's nigh. Right? That, that, that's what they were doing, right? Then it gets out there and people are like, well, if it's airborne, then I guess there's no point to wearing masks. We're kind of screwed here because at some point we all got to do what? What do we all have to do? Breathe. Uh, breathe. Breathe. And if it's airborne, then I guess start burning our masks like we did our bras, you know, you know, back in the Haight-Ashbury days. We're done here. Burn our draft guards, burn our masks. If it's airborne, we screwed. We're done here. We're done. We have to breathe, all of us. At some point, we must breathe. So eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. And CDC is like, eh, guys, it was a draft. It wasn't meant to get out. That is how we're more and more going to have to analyze the news we are given from the news from the government itself and be prepared to call BS. Now, it's going to take a little bit more complicated thinking or at least a few more steps to connect dots. I agree. But no one ever said self-government was easy. And this will be the price that we're all, that would like to maintain notions of self-government, we're all going to have to be willing to pay. Otherwise, they're just going to bury us in horse manure, guys. They're going to bury us in it. We have to be willing and able to point out why it is BS. That's why we've been doing this stuff with the polls for the last couple of weeks. You know, we talked yesterday about that Reuters, I'm sorry, by that uh, NP, NPR, PBS poll that had, from Marist College that had Biden winning 21 points, uh, in independence by 21 points. In the last seven elections, no one has won independence by more than eight points. I, I don't know if you polled only NPR viewers and uh, NPR listeners and PBS viewers, okay, the independents that listen and watch those programs, that Biden could win independence by 21 points if it was just their own viewers and listeners. 
Not happening, guys. Total, total fake news. Unadulterated, pure grade horse pucky. You're, you know, we're getting ready for the harvest here in Iowa. We fertilized our crops with this in the spring, okay? Just total junk. Uh, we've run the uh, infection fatality rate and found that essentially if you're under the age of 70, nothing to worry about here. Which can only mean don't trick or treat with your kids. It can only mean that. What you need to do is you got to roll up on them like a Columbo. First, sorry, I've got to itch your head. When you got a head itch, always itch your head in front of these people. Make sure they see you itching your head. And say, so, you know, I've got, you know, one, I, I, just, I got one last question for you. And you just go Joe Pesci and Goodfellas. Am I funny to you? I mean, you think I'm funny? This is just a complete, total scam. That's what it is. It's not even bad math, bad methodology. It's a complete and total scam. Dr. Redfield wants you to put your kid in school indoors with all kinds of other kids. Didn't he tell us it was safe to do that? He did. And now, though, you cannot walk your neighborhood outside to trick-or-treat. Does that make sense to you? No. You know why it doesn't make sense, Todd? Because it doesn't, it doesn't sense. make any sense. That's, that's why. Well, Steve, they're going to be like touching things. Have you been to a school lately? Are you familiar with what goes on there? They're not all just suspended in the air. Yeah, apparently, no. I, I would imagine things are touched. And when yeah. you put a lot of people indoors in a facility, what will there be a lot of? Touching. They will be doing a lot of touching of a lot of things. By the way, Illinois is the only state in the union now. Does that not have uh, 15 to 18-year-old boys touching each other in a sport called football? So that's happening outside on a regular basis, but... Trick or treat now. More BS. The 1619 Project. I, by the way, that woman has like scrubbed her entire Twitter account. Yep. She won a Pulitzer, guys. <laughs> she won a Pulitzer for this. It's a total scam and she's now scrubbed her Twitter account. Do they tell us the truth about anything? The New York Times, by the way, has a story out this morning and the headline is, with nothing working... Trump tries to politicize the Supreme Court nomination. The same day the ABC News Washington Post poll has Trump winning Florida and Arizona, and if he wins those two states, overwhelming odds he gets reelected, okay? You cannot make this stuff up, but it's going to take a little bit more legwork from people like us to connect these dots in order to pull their pants down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, we, we, we can't just instinctively react. We're not going to beat them on instinct because they're just acting on instinct. This is what I want to be true. I am the I, I've won awards for uh, uh, affirmative reporting of mental illness. Isn't that the guy you had in your? Yeah. yeah OK, uh, I, uh, we aren't going to out project them. We're not going to out instinct out emote them. We just got to beat them with the truth. All right. Now, I agree it's harder to find than it ever was before, man. I'm doing more work uh, for this show than I've ever had to do. Because I just can't trust any of the news I'm analyzing anymore. I got to, I got to like do the news and then analyze it both. Okay, but 
we can do this or we could have a civil war like in the streets. I kind of would rather do this, Todd. Your thoughts? Yeah, but this is the latest in a long line that goes back a month now. The first major story was when they stopped fighting about going back to school, except in insane places like right here in our backyard uh in except des moines, in des moines iowa except in des moines <laughs> iowa uh but this is a, this is why you have enough collected stories now that we can do it, uh segments like we did yesterday on polling this is why we know that is bunk the, the data on independence and all that there's there's no way the new york times and its high priestess doesn't about face if the polling is as good as those polls there's no way I it's totally scientifically agree. impossible I, I totally agree and it's not a coincidence that this all comes after the president issues an executive order and or he, he tweeted he was going to do it a week ago he's done it now we're not doing critical race theory or any of that stuff at any of our departments cdc says well we're going to do it anyway and the president said hell no you're not no you're not it's not any of it. See, this is what I've been trying to say for years. I did MSNBC for years. Most people in my position won't even go on there. I did it for years. I heard all their arguments. I heard them all. That was one of the reasons I did it. I wanted to see, is, do they have an argument I haven't considered? Nope. They're all bad. All the arguments are bad. All of them. All of them are. Remind me when we come back here in a minute. I want to I want to bring up a point someone tweeted at me about Sweden yesterday, okay? But the, all their arguments are bad. This is why I'm so frustrated with the Republican Party. Pushing back on this is easy and it is politically beneficial. But you have to begin with the assumption that America doesn't care what MSNBC thinks as much as you do or what CNN thinks as much as you do. More in a moment. So one one final point on CDC and expertise and worldview and BS and what we were just talking about a moment ago is I I sent I I don't I almost never look it is very rare that I intentionally look at the comments to anything I tweet or write or say uh, I it's rare that I intentionally do it I do it more on Facebook because it's a little bit more of an intimate setting but. If I see a comment or anything, um, it's usually by accident, just simply because the comment sections of almost anything are where sanity goes to die in America. You know what I'm saying? Like scribbling on a bathroom wall that begins with the words, here I sit lonely hearted and then finishes from there is more edifying, frankly, on an intellectual level than most of what goes on in the comment section of anything in America today. And I just, I, I, I don't have time to get sucked into that black hole. So I don't look. And I sent a buddy of mine my numbers comparing Sweden to Michigan yesterday. And he sends me a message back and says, I'm not all in for, I'm, I'm certainly not for single payer healthcare, but hey, the first guy, the first tweet responding to what you sent me is a guy pointing out, well, then you must be for, uh, you must be for the U.S. then to have single-payer health care and the exact same health care system that Sweden has in order for us to produce those numbers. He goes, that seems like a pretty good argument. How would you come back to it? I told him, it's a stupid argument, actually, that has no merit whatsoever. It doesn't even line up. It's a red herring. It's a non sequitur. First of all, every single country in Europe has a single-payer health care system 
and a system far closer to what Sweden has than what we have here in the United States. And they all did lockdowns. So right away, this is a fallacy. It doesn't mean anything. Secondly, and the, this buddy of mine who sent this to me has some different views on some on moral and social issues than I do. I said to him, because you agree with my analysis on COVID, if, if you take this guy's point to its most logical conclusion, I said to my friend, if you agree with this guy's analysis on COVID, are you, because you agree with my analysis on COVID, then you now need to agree with my analysis on all kinds of the, on all the issues that you disagree with me on then. Is that how this works? No. Of course, it's not, it's not how it works. It's not how life works. But see, these are the kinds of things we have to learn as a movement to push back on and destroy. You need to, frankly, in the audience. You know, in the New Testament, there's very few things that we are affirmatively told to do. Most of the New Testament is a, is a commandment to us to, or most of what Paul's epistles in the New Testament, I should say, are, or Peter's, or James or John, for that matter, the, the teaching in the New Testament after the Gospels, very little of it is about what you and I need to affirmatively do. It's much more about how we now are to live because of what Christ did for us, right? That we don't, we're not, we don't affirmatively act, we reactively do. Because Jesus did this for us, we do blank, right? Okay? That, there's very little affirmative action in the New Testament for us. One of them, one of the few exceptions, though, is when Paul says, do no longer be conformed to the thoughts and patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is your responsibility. This is your, this is your contribution to the relationship with your Savior, is that you are willing to affirmatively engage in the renewing of your mind to change your way of thinking. That's your contribution. Similarly, You guys, you come to a show like this and ours because we do this full-time and get paid. You don't have the time to do this full-time. You have other full-time work and bills to pay. This is how we pay our bills. So we do the full-time legwork and things of that nature that you you don't have the time to do. So that's part of our gig here. That's part of what we do. Sure. Right? Absolutely. But here's what you need to affirmatively do, though. You out there in the audience, you need to learn how to push back on stuff like this with your neighbors. Sitting at a ball game, this conversation comes up. Don't be a douche, but just say, well, I guess if you think I'm right about this, then you got to agree with me on everything else then, right? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. you, you folks need to learn how to do this. I promise you, I give you my word, my solemn vow. I've been exposed to this worldview more than mo almost any of you have. I've debated it more than almost any of you have. There's no there there. There is no there there. There's no secret sauce or ingredient. There's no pumpkin spice they're going to roll out at the last second and dunk on you. If you know your stuff, it's a route. Route. Because there's not a cohesive thought there. It's just all driven by desire and emotion. But what was the first part of what I just said? If you know your stuff, right? Yeah. If you know your stuff, it is a route. Route. In fact, you're going to have to pull back because the temptation to just crush 
every last morsel of their souls, which, you know, in the New Testament, mercy is supposed to triumph over judgment. It's going to be very difficult to <laughs> restrain yourself. <laughs> All right. You're going to have to learn restraint to not do that. To not just destroy people, not just their arguments. But this you folks have got to learn to do. Because it's all crap. It's crap. Han Solo, all of it. It's crap. The opposite of what he says in the movie. It's, it's crap. All of it. There's nothing there. There's nothing you're missing. They're not going to come at you with some quadratic equation, going to pull your pants. Oh, man, snap. Wish we wouldn't have brought this converse. Nope. Nope. If, though, if, if you know your stuff, if you just instinctively start arguing with their instincts, emotionally start arguing with their emotion, yeah, you're, you're the road team, and they own all the officials. Can't win that game. Not winning. Not winning. You got to know your stuff. Okay, if you know your stuff, these aren't the Globetrotters. They're the Washington Generals. Let's get to buy, sell, or hold. One of our favorite segments of the week. Aaron, with some help from his friends, that you and the audience will present to you and I, Todd. Predictions, prophecies, etc. You and I, Todd, will decide: Are we buying this? Are we selling it? Maybe if everybody's lucky, we'll have one good reason why that's the case. Any topic that Aaron chooses, nothing is verboten. We are, we are, and because it is 2020, however, we are permitting ourselves as many holds as it takes because things are just these uncertain times. Take a drink. Aaron. We will start with some submissions from Parlor, uh, where you can follow me at McIntyre. You can follow Steve at Steve Dace. And Todd, you're at Erzin West, right? Yes. Okay, cool. We'll start with Dad Bod No Kids, who says, Trump should have nominated Amy Coney Barrett for SCOTUS last time instead of Kavanaugh and nominated Barbara LaGoya for SCOTUS this time. The reasoning being that uh, this would help shore up or even make headwinds or headway with uh, women and Hispanics. Uh, I will take Lagoa as uh, a tried and true conservative at face value just for the purposes of this. I think that this is obviously true. Yeah, it's 100%. 10,000% buy. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the reason that the Democrats won 40 House seats, Republicans sieved suburban women in swing districts around the country uh, was the biggest swing from one election to the other in 2016 trump won suburban women by five points he lost them republicans did by nine in the midterms in 2018 uh to put a woman up there like amy coney barrett who looks a lot like a lot of those suburban women thinks a lot like a lot of those suburban women do to some degree uh and as a mom and a wife and trying to juggle that with a career and everything else at the exact same time like a lot of suburban women are to put her up there and watch these leftists lose their minds on her um i don't know if it if it if it would have swung suburban women totally the other way i do know though you're not losing them by nine points you know what i'm saying yeah maybe you lose them by still three or four i don't know i know you're not losing them by nine though i know that there's a few di that's a few that's a few fewer house seats you have to win this year to flip if she's the nominee I believe. And then if you come back with LaGoya this time, I agree. I, the, I, the, I know there are some legitimate reservations about LaGoya, but I can promise you, no one, and I mean no one, 
if you were given on the right, given the option, Barbara LaGoya or Brett Kavanaugh straight up for the Supreme Court, no one whose opinion you respect or should would choose Kavanaugh in that arrangement. Okay? So you would certainly, the Kavanaugh pick being a waste, I don't even think that's a debate. Uh, I, yes, that was a waste. All it really served to do was radicalize people like me who watched what the left did with him in real time. But in terms of, of, of judicial prudence, that was a wasted pick. Agreed. Certainly politically. In, imagine they do all the same things to, uh, to a Trump judicial nominee, but it's a woman and not a white male. So even politically, I thought it was a wasted. Uh, it was a waste of political capital. Up next, we have Holster Lewis, who says, if confirmation hearings occur for Trump's SCOTUS nominee, Cory Booker will claim his Black Panther moment and declare the female nominee to be anti-woman. <laughs> um, Bye. Yeah. yeah. I We're going to have that moment. Yeah. yeah. I, I, they're going to claim that you're not a woman. Yeah. That they're... I mean, we've got white Antifa dweebs rolling up to black cops telling them you're not really black. I'm blacker than you. The psycho, I mean, the stuff that is out there, that's gold, Jerry. That is political gold. The stuff that they're already saying about Amy Coney Barrett, whatever the odds were she was going to be the nominee 48 hours ago, I think they've like doubled. That's the exact smoke Donald Trump wants. This nomination, say what you want about Trump. You can say some bad, some good, some indifferent on any given day. What you can't say about him, though, is that he doesn't like provoking his opposition. He absolutely does. And he, and he realizes that often the key to his, the, the pathway to his success is provoking that opposition. Right? Yeah. And it is not in Trump's nature, actually, to do what he did last time with Kavanaugh. That's not in his nature. It is in his nature to lay down for his own party. We've seen that. That is in his nature. It is not in his nature, though, to lay down for the other party. To give them a, a layup nomination that shouldn't have caused a fight and we can all just go home to the midterms. To miss an opportunity to provoke them. Which is why I think he really wanted to appoint Amy Coney Barrett the last time. But seeing the way that they are already sneering with Catholic bigotry against her, they're increasing the odds that she'll be picked on Saturday. That's the smoke Trump's looking for. That's the cultural flashpoint he's looking for. Catholics have really been, everybody talks about independence, it's really Catholics. Catholics are the number one swing vote in the American presidential election process. Since Roe versus Wade, except for the Florida recount year, and it was razor close between Gore and Bush, since Roe versus Wade, everyone that has won Catholics has won the presidency every single time. Catholics are actually the swing vote. Catholics are. You can lose independence and win the general election. All right. Obama lost independence, won the general election in 2020. Okay. You can lose independence. John Kerry won independence in 2004. Lost to George W. Bush. You can lose independence and win the election. Not, I'm not saying it's easy. I wouldn't recommend it. Like if I was working on a campaign, I wouldn't, guys, I got the plan. Let's lose independence and try to win. Like we wouldn't try that as a strategy, okay? Like I wouldn't try winning a game with a minus four turnover margin and giving the other team 39 points. The Dallas Cowboys just did it. First team that's done that in the history of the NFL. 
it can be done, but it's not how mo- the game plan most coaches come up with, right? All right. Right. It's like I wouldn't try to win without independence, but you can. It can be done. Sure. Two people have done it recently. All right. You can't win, though, without Catholics. That cannot be done. Can't be done. And the only outlier election was determined by 537 hanging chads in Florida. Can't be done. They're the, they are the key swing vote until, other, until proven otherwise. Catholics are. Doesn't mean it will be the case in a perpetuity. It's just the case right now. Okay. And having a Catholic woman get excoriated because it's not just that it will flip. And you'll know this. You'll know this culture better than me being Catholic, obviously. But I know human psychology on this level. It's not just that it's going to flip voters to Amy Coney Barrett. It's not, that's not really what it's going to do. As much as it's going to take the crazy lefties and the people in, in, in your church that would love to genuflect to the virtue signaling gods between now and the election, they're going to have like no safe cover to do that. Like you won't see like Notre Dame profs. They may, they may, be dis, they may not agree with her being an actual Catholic, they may not like that, but they won't have the room politically to go out and just like trash her the way they would if it was an evangelical nominee or a Jewish nominee who was conservative. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. At the very least, it gets the lefty, the lefty, the lefty Catholics, it puts them in a corner where they're like, they're like a prostitute in church on a Sunday morning. They're just kind of sitting in the back and maintaining radio silence while the freak show goes on, right? Yeah. That's why she's politically invaluable as, or somebody like her as a nominee for this seat. Up next, we have Todd Hansen, 2010, who says National Election Day should be renamed to Festivus. All traditions observed, including airing of grievances and feats of strength. Feats of strength. To uh, the perfect way to determine the winner in 2020. Also, the Washington Monument will be renamed the National Festivus Poll. I could, hey, dude, Joe Biden would buy. Yeah. Let's do some push-ups right now. <laughs> We've heard that a bunch of times, right? Um, I, I I love the Festivus reference, Mr. Seinfeld, but I'm going to sell. But I but it made me giggle. I will uh, sell as well. I, any any push, real or imagined farcical or not to make election day a holiday no no up next we've got alva mosi 23 who says trump will get his scotus nominee and before the election which in turn sweeps the leg of democrat excitement to vote this leads to trump winning both the electoral college and popular vote sell because i i think they will if they're not going to let him win the popular vote because the whole plan after this is going to be, we have their rallying cry after this rallying cry issue is going to be getting rid of the electoral college. The entire Democratic Party is going to mobilize for it. They won't succeed in doing it, but they will mobilize for that. And and I I I, I mean, I folks, if you ever wondered how many postage stamps can be sent in a span of a few days in the state of California, you're about to find out. They're they're not going to let Donald Trump win the popular vote. So sell. Yeah, sell. All right, we'll come back. More buy seller hold in a moment. Back 
with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV radio podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can let us know what you think about what we think. That's the email address for the program, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show over on Parlor at Steve Dace YouTube. YouTube.com slash Steve Days. That's where you can go for our new YouTube channel as well. If you're a podcast listener to the show, thank you. We love you too. Uh, to show that you love us, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Leave us a five-star review if you have not done that yet because those two things help the show to grow. We want to thank all of you that have already done that for us already. The weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Hey, what does COVID-19 have to do with losing your home? Turns out it could be quite a bit. The FBI is reporting that since the virus struck or since the um, the lockdowns struck, cybercrime has gone up 75% here in the United States. And it gets worse because the legal titles to our homes are pretty much kept online now. Uh, the crime, because the thieves know this, the crime is called home title theft and it's going on everywhere. Cyber criminals knowing our titles are online. Forge your signature on a quit claim deed. Refile as the new owner of your home. And before you know it, you're off the title and they can destroy you by taking out loans against your home, steal your equity, your cash, stick you with the payments. You may not even find out until an eviction notice or a late payment or a foreclosure shows up in the mail. But Home Title Lock will protect your home's legal title. It's your most important asset, your home, your safe haven. So they're going to put a virtual barrier around your home's title. And the instant they detect any tampering, they will mobilize to shut it down. But first things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Register your address, see if you're already a victim. And then while you're there, use the promo code Steve to get 30 free days of protection with the promo code Steve at HomeTitleLock.com. Before we get back to buy, sell, or hold, the point that we were making, the last one you uh, that you gave us about the popular vote. Right. I don't believe barring an act of God, and I mean it, like the hand of God, that Donald Trump can possibly win the popular vote. Because you have to understand how the leftist mind operates. It would take the power of God for them to ever agree to walk away from this process with nothing. They didn't give you fake Russian collusion, fake Ukrainian impeachments, fake gang rapist Kavanaugh, right? fake COVID panic porn. They didn't come this far, folks. Then to say, well, you guys won this one fair and square. See on the flip side. Nope. No. No, that's... You didn't empty the prisons because of COVID and then threaten to put people in them because they wanted to open their businesses. Because you're just going to say at the end... Get our best. Let's do like the Stanley Cup playoffs and let's just line up here and shake hands at center ice. No, no, no. You didn't cynically unleash thuggish gangs to riot in the streets of America all summer long because you plan on just leaving this up to the will of the people. No, no. 
they're going to come out of this election with something they can call a win. That is not in dispute. Barring an act of God, not in dispute. For example, we were just doing the math during the break. Donald Trump lost California by 4.3 million votes. He lost the general election by just about 3 million votes. You know what that means? It means without the People's Republic of Californication, Donald Trump won the popular vote in the other 49 states by over a million votes. Did you know that? That's called a mic drop. Did you know that? Yeah. In the other 49 states, Donald Trump won the popular vote by over a million votes. The idea that now with the excuse for mail-in balloting in these deep blue states because of COVID, the idea, folks, they're going to be printing postage stamps at 3 a.m. in Los Angeles County on election night. The California election board is going to look like that final scene in Miracle on 34th Street where they drop all the Chris Kringle, the Santa Claus letters on Chris Kringle there at the courthouse. They're just going, it, it, wheelbarrows. Not happening. They're not going, it'll take an act of God because they're not walking away. They didn't come this far. They didn't lie this much. They didn't cheat this often. Just to come this far and then say, better man won. No, 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 no. No. They got to get some win. Baseline win they're going to get is the popular vote. That's their baseline win. So they can have that rallying cry for their base for the next four years. You always have a lame duck president after he wins re-election. Traditionally, it's difficult for that party to win three in a row. Doesn't happen very often. The outgoing president has to be historically popular. Ronald Reagan was. Barack Obama was not. He was popular, but not historically so. So he couldn't carry Hillary Clinton across the finish line. Ronald Reagan was historically popular, so he could help carry George H.W. Bush across the finish line. It's hard for that party to win three in a row. Meaning your guy won election, re-election, and then hands it off to a successor. So they got to have a rallying cry. The rallying cry is going to be, we want a majority of the voters again. Republicans lied and cheated again. Stole the election from the majority of the, the will of the majority of the American people again. They're all going to come to Iowa on November 4th or 5th or 6th to start campaigning for 2024 and running on their number one campaign plank. We have to get rid of the Electoral College, which ironically would nullify the votes of people in places like Iowa. But have you noticed the psychosis at all? They don't give a care. There's going to be all kinds of people at places like Grinnell College and the University of Iowa here in Iowa cheering resoundingly. Yeah, disenfranchise us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're going to do that, guys. They're going to do that. Remember when you and I were Aaron's age and their their great clarion call was minority rights? Yes. Good times. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. So that's their baseline win. They're not coming out of this election on November 3rd, barring an act of God. The worst case scenario for Democrats 
is that they won the popular vote again and lost the Electoral College. They're not coming out of here with anything less than that. Anything less than that. It doesn't matter if we've got to put BLM goons in front of every voting spot or Antifa thugs in front of every voting spot and, 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 and locales friendly to us to keep the polls open and as long as it takes. You've heard me use this analogy before. The late, great Jerry Tarkanian, one of the great scoundrel basketball coaches of all time. All right. Didn't mind operating the gray area. He was a great coach, though, too. He was once asked by Dick Vitale, it was really controversial back in the day, why do you recruit kids, continue recruiting kids that have committed to other schools? And he famously said, because once they commit to another school, now I know there's just one school I got to beat. That's a great line. All right. That's what's going to happen here. All right. They've called, uh, they've uh, called Ohio uh, for Trump. Uh, polls are closed, except here in Cuyahoga County and Hamilton County, they ain't. Keep them open. We got a popular vote to win, bitches. That's what's going to happen. That's what is going to happen. Prepare yourself for it. I don't see any way around it other than an act of God. Ask yourself, which resounding Bill Barr speech that you retweeted? On election night, they're going to be like, you know, guys, we were going to just blank and rip this thing off. But Bill Barr owned the libs and made uh, uh, made uh, uh, Adam Schiff eat his shorts again. And we're just going to call the whole thing off. Is that what's going to happen? No. Nope. They're winning the popular vote, barring an act of God. That's their floor. That's the worst they will do on election night. That's their floor. By hook or by crook. You can win California without mail-in balloting everywhere by 4.3 million votes. How many can you win it by with mail-in balloting, right? How many can you win it by? How many can you win New York by? How many can you win Connecticut by? How many can you win uh, Oregon by? How many can you win Joe Biden's native state of Delaware by? He'll roll up a Vladimir Putin type of total out there, okay? That's going to happen. So just recognize. Any thoughts on that? Well, because there's... A religiosity to it. I mean, this this is, you know, like a candlelight vigil of sorts. Uh, how, you know, people talked about after 9-11, how, you know, there were people came together. Well, in those blue states, you know, everybody's going to be paying the tithe a couple of times. Absolutely. Ready to move on? Let's move on. All right. Uh, my apologies. I was not paying attention while I was doing this and accidentally double dipped from the same person earlier, but I'm going to still go with it. Holster Lewis says, Aaron puts as much effort and pride into the buy, sell, hold segment as your pest control company. Holster, I resemble this. Yikes. Why else, why else would I outsource this part of the program to all of your terrible, terrible tweets and parlays? My favorite part of this is... That's a tweet about you, and you said I wasn't paying any attention to this. (laughs) On brand? Yeah. Very on brand. Bye. Bye. Uh, That's not fair to the pest control guy, though. They're here all the time, by the way. Yeah. The pest control guys like the Detroit Lions. I mean, they're trying. They're spending money on free agents, man. They've tried the young coach, the hot coach, the retread coach. They've tried everything. Nothing works. They've tried it all. Okay. The pest control company has been out here and, and apparently has sprayed every morsel of this building, except for the wasp, Liv. We're all going to get cancer. 
from all of that yes. pesticide. Yes. So the bees, if the bees don't and that's sting not, me. And that's not what's going to kill you. It's still <laughs> yes. going to be the bees. Yes. Uh, moving on. Joshua Lewis says, umpires in the MLB will be gone as we know them in the next five years. Sorry, Todd. So I don't think that will happen. Not in the next five years. There's a, there's a, there's an aesthetic visual beauty to that. And, and baseball is so driven by tradition and unwritten rules and, and things of that nature. Do I think we could literally have a robot right be, you know, uh, up in the press box overruling umpires in real time? Yeah, I could see that like next year. But I don't think you're going to see like the cleaning robot and the Jetsons come out, start calling balls and strikes for the 2024 season. I don't, I don't think we're going to see that. I'll sell because they're already gone as we know them. Ah, okay. Uh, Clan McLeod, we've already talked about that. We'll move on. James said, if in Trump's second term, he appoints solid justices to SCOTUS, including RBGs before the election, as well as eliminating payroll taxes, he'll be the president that made the most progress against progressivism in the last 100 years. Depending on who those judges are, um, 100 years, you're going back to Coolidge then would be my guess. And... I would agree. Um, I think I think Ronald Reagan defeated Marxism, but I don't really think he made any real progress against progressivism. But it wasn't as manifested domestically in his day as it was. The the roots were beginning to take hold, but it wasn't as manifested domestically as it is today. Um, it was, you know, Trump just said something earlier today that I've been saying on this show for months. What was the point of defeating Marxism over there just to import it over here, right? Mm-hmm. He basically said the exact same thing earlier today. Ronald Reagan would not have said something like that in 1983. He was no shrinking violet. There would have been like no need to say something like that. Everybody understood what the seat of power for, for Marxism in the world was, right? It was in Moscow. Um, so when you talk about domestically, I think if that the things you were to say were to occur, and I think the next president is going to appoint at least three justices in the next term, at least three. So, I mean, you're you're talking about the possibility of of a majority appointed court for Donald Trump. You know, can we just stop there for a second? You guys are not working here yet. You're just like listening to the show like in 2013, 2014. Jen and Rebecca are still here. And one night, man, we're doing that show from like nine to midnight for Salem. And it's late. And I'm feeling silly. I look at the two ladies and I'm like, women, I got a hot take for you. For the rest of your adult lives, a majority Supreme Court appointed by Donald Trump go. What would the reactions have been? They looked at me like, yes, I would not even thought to think or say something like that yet. That's exactly what could happen. That is exactly what could happen. So, um, I think, I think actually defeating payroll taxes permanently, you want to, let me give you a hot take. I think defeating payroll taxes permanently is going to be harder than beating Joe Biden on November the 3rd. And I'm not like guaranteeing a win on November the 3rd. That's going to be a, a difficult win. I defeat, I think defeating payroll taxes will be even tougher than that. But if you were to do those things, buy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm selling 
Listen, Donald Trump's number one uh, positive continues to be that he's not them. And we need to be, let's not just get in flights of fancy. On this very show, we just got done talking about how the two judges he's confirmed so far as from the standpoint of conservatism have been a disappointment. Have they been a disaster? No, but they have been a disappointment. One is okay. One you're hoping is okay. Yeah. See, one so, you're disappointed is okay. One you're like hoping. I hope he's going to be okay. Listen, yeah. Again, I'm the guy didn't vote for him, wasn't planning on voting for him. Almost certainly now at this moment will vote for him, but we don't need these flights of fancy. Let's let, can, let's get there first, okay? We'll move on to Twitter submissions. Elliot Watts says, uh, buy, sell, or hold, more than one Dem senator will vote to confirm whoever Trump nominates to the Supreme Court. Well, Murkowski said this morning... Uh, that she was probably going to be voting. Yeah, so they got a Democrat. So they do have a Democrat. But I'm bum. We're here Joe, all week. Joe Manchin, do you think Trying he's a possibility? Uh, when when was he last? When's he up for re-election again? I don't remember. Just that was going to be my answer. And somebody look up when Joe Manchin's up for re-election again. Other yeah. than that, but in a presidential about, election year, they're all voting now. How about even the, even the Arizona gal? Sell. Yeah. This is the and you're talking about um, cinema. Kirsten Cinema. Yeah. yeah. America's first bisexual senator, who, frankly, right now is actually one of America's best senators, frankly. <laughs> okay. But this is where the party politics work against her. She can't vote for this candidate. Like Romney could not be the, the, the vote. Romney can hate Trump all he wants. He can hate people like us all he wants. He, in the end, though, at some point, you are a Republican senator from arguably the most conservative state in the country. You cannot stand in the way of this. Otherwise, you're, that's a career ender. And I think that works similarly for Kirsten Cinema. If she votes to confirm this justice, she's facing a primary 100%. So she won't. Listen, uh, you, you're not wrong. You're right. But I'm, I'm going to buy... I think I have to buy. Uh, yes, I will buy only on this premise. The smartest thing the Democrats could actually do to turn over the apple cart. Get this done as fast as possible. Is have all the Democrats vote. Yep. To support her. Yep. And you're, you know they're not going to do that. I know they're not going to do it. You know they'll be lucky to get but one of them to do I that. I just said the smartest thing they could do. And they don't do the smartest thing okay. they could do. But <laughs> it makes sense if they really wanted to fluster... Uh, Republicans, if they really wanted to get a populace that is sick of everything on every level, the constant to like, whoa, did they just decide to be grownups? That would throw Trump for a yeah. loop. I, I saw Nate Silver from Five Thirty Eight. I think it, that was who it was the other day, talking about how Demo- or Republicans are trying to bait Democrats into doing what we've been yeah, talking about and here. Smart. And it's like, well, it's not. It, here's the deal, though: they don't need baiting. They don't need baiting like a vulture doesn't need baiting to a carcass. That's they just do. They yeah. just that's they're in their nature. Next, we've got Constantinus Rhoditis, who sponsors but does not fund this segment, says Blaze TV will conduct a pool a poll with Steve managing it so we can get an accurate and professional poll done by a media outlet. Now there's an idea. That is an intriguing idea, actually. They're not inexpensive enterprises, by the way. Yeah. All right. To do them thoroughly, particularly on a national level, to do them thoroughly and to do them well. But I may have, if we were interested in doing that, I may have a couple of leads of people that um, could could handle something like that. 
But um, I love the idea, so I'll buy. It's a great I idea. I think within the next four to five years, and I asked this question of you, um, and you had the same kind of, that's an interesting idea. Like, why wouldn't a blaze, well, I'm just spitting it out there, blaze or daily wire or something right now, buy parlor. Why wouldn't you just like start to combine yeah. efforts? Well, it, it, isn't our old uh, our old uh, peer here at the Blaze? See, our, uh, isn't that what Bongino's doing? Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Bongino yeah. doesn't he own, doesn't so, he own yes. a, par, a portion of Parlor, and just, now I think I read oh, the, some video the platform. new the new yeah. YouTube competitor. I don't know much about that's it, what but I, Rumble. Yes. But I think he owns yes. a portion oh, of Parlor okay. too. So I yeah I I think uh, Mr. Bongino is think is, okay. is tracking what you're thinking, brother. Yeah. Up next, AU Tiger 89 says Biden will say, come on, man, at least six times in the first debate. <laughs> come on, man. Come I on. think six may be too many. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'd set it like six and a half. To set, the, set the over under. To which Trump must reply, Joe, what's a man? Oh, uh, you know what, dude? Oh. If Trump does that, I'm getting a Trump tramp stamp. <laughs> I know. And I'm putting on an adult diaper, and I'm I'm walking to Washington. In just that, that's how much I need to see that. That's how much I want to see that. If that happens, I'm I'm delivered. Like I'm I won't I'll I'll, I'll retire. I'll feel like mission accomplished. Like Thanos, I'm gonna chill out, put my feet up, and gaze upon a grateful universe. If if Trump were to do that. I, I I knew you'd like that. I don't I don't even know how I'm like I'm like I'm so excited to just even the concept that that could occur if Trump were to do that he would be the greatest the greatest well, single political it, moment I've ever observed of all time like maybe it would I mean greatest moment since the Gettysburg Address if he did that oh Christ right half the debate prep time for this coming debate should be spent on anticipating exactly these moments and having the canned responses ready because they're going to be everywhere. I, I just, I don't know that I can go on. Did I earn my Christmas bonus just with even that? Thinking just giving that, you that gift? Just, just even imagining that <laughs> moment. I might call it a day. My work here is done. Thank you. Moving on, Steve Johnson says Steve Dace would wear a mask everywhere if it smelled like pumpkin spice. Bye. Disgust. Bye. Next, Nathan Cotis says instead of overturning Roe v. Wade, Barrett's confirmation will open the door for challenging the use of federal funds for Planned Parenthood, which Scotus will go against P2. Uh, this results in abortions being too expensive, thus causing the practice to die out. Uh, I could see that. I could see that. For sure. And you're already seeing that. I mean, we have, I think Missouri and Mississippi are a couple of states where there's like, what, one abortion clinic open in the entire state or something like that. So you're already seeing that, um, meaning attacking it on the supply side rather than, uh, which in order to quell the demand, you're already seeing that. But the other reason you appoint an Amy Coney Barrett as somebody whose opinion I respect told me the other day, the other reason you appoint her is is, you know, I believe she's a former clerk for Scalia, right? Isn't that who she clerked for, was Scalia? I'm honestly I think she, I think she clerked for Scalia. Barrett? Yeah. 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 
you have or someone was at least a student, I believe, under Scalia yeah, at the you, least. You you have someone that can channel some of that intellectual heft. If you're going to overturn Roe, and what would happen if you overturned Roe would just go back to the states. You would fight this out now in your state legislature is what would happen. There's no okay? losing, by the way. Yeah. Because if states defy it somehow, some way, okay, so judicial premise, All, supremacy yeah, is over now. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah. I, then someone whose opinion I respect said the reason you appoint someone like her is imagine channeling some of the intellectual heft behind a landmark opinion like that of a Scalia, but having it written by a woman instead of a man. Um, and and I, I think that's a factor in no, this it's process. A huge factor. Yeah. It's a huge factor. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Bacon says pumpkin spice wasps. You know what, man? If I got to go down, if I've got to go down, Bye. No, I mean if if no. I'm if, if if I'm getting stung to death, no, let it be for pumpkin spice. At least my final breath will be arguably the greatest smell this world has to offer. Had this day begun with you seeing another wasp, you would have not answered that way. Yeah. Uh, up next, the good twin says Biden will insist Trump appoint Ruth Bader Ginsburg to the Supreme Court. <laughs> Did you see that Babylon Bee Ninth Circuit overturns death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg? <laughs> no, I did not see I did that. Not see that. That's perfect. <laughs> I know. That is perfect. Yes, it is. Ah, uh, that's great. I love it. Bye. Yes. Bye. Next, we've got uh, Greg Deviator who says the Ford family moves the Lions to California, where the smoke from their train wreck of a team is not so noticeable. Due to a clerical error, they end up in the Pac-12 and lose to Clemson in the championship game. Too many things going on there, but I knew you were going to yeah. say that. I so knew so. you were going to say that. But the Fords aren't going to move the team. I, See, you're I taking mean, this way too we keep, seriously. We keep I having, knew you were going to say it was too long, and you would take this way too seriously. We keep having Ford members are like. Now we're down to like this daughter, daughter-in-law. It was the 94-year-old widow, then this husband, and then the son. I mean, we can't, which is odd because I love their vehicles. Like the last three car purchases I've made were Fords. But they suck at owning a football team. I'll just say that, all right? They suck. When they bought the Detroit Lions in the early 60s, Next to the Green Bay Packers and Paul Brown's Cleveland Browns, they were the dominant franchise in the NFL at that time. And since they have bought this team one playoff win in 64 years, how do you do that in a league set up with a salary cap and parity? How do you do that? How do you do that? How do you do that? How? And if you, from that point to today, if you took their total win-loss record... And compared, that's why this is interesting to me. And compared it to the rest of the NFL, my gut tells me it would it would not be in the bottom no, third. It's because no. it's not a total disaster that's right. that's on that ex- level. That's I fu- right. What's going on with Patricia right now is a disaster. Okay, I mean they fired Jim Caldwell for going nine and seven every year, and and Matt Patricia's won nine games in two plus in two years and two games. Okay, I mean the the Lions are the first team in NFL history to lose four straight games where they had a double digit lead. Okay, I mean what's going on with them now is not historically what happens. Historically, what happens is they're like six and ten or seven and nine or eight and eight like every year. That's that's so they like can never get out of that rut, you know, um, and. Uh, and, and then I f- when they went 0-16, I 
That's how they got Matthew Stafford. They got the number one pick finally. And then he got hurt his rookie year, so they had scrub quarterbacks. And so then they got the number two pick, and they got Indomitian and Sue, right? Okay, getting those two guys back-to-back is when they went to the playoffs two times like the next three or four years. They're, they're normally respectable. They just can't win the division. They have the longest division title route in America, drought in American team sports. One playoff win in 64 years. How do you do that? How? How? How is that possible? Only you know. All right, super rapid fire to end. Buy, sell, or hold these one-in-one NFL teams. New Orleans Saints. Sell. Rapid fire. Sell. New England Patriots. Buy. Buy. Uh, Buccaneers. Buy. Charger. Buy. Chargers. Sell. Buy. Cowboys. Sell. Buy. Browns. Sell. Buy. Jaguars. Sell. Sell. Colts. Buy. Sell. 49ers. Sell. Uh, Redskins. Sell. Sell. And I believe that's it. Wow, you guys deviated on like half of those. 75% of those. Well, it, it's it's a high variance league. Every year, there's five new playoff teams in the NFL. There should be a lot of variance of opinion when you're in a high variance league yeah. like that. If you're all in lockstep on an opinion, you're all probably wrong. Especially when NFL. you have a second to think about it. Yeah. Yes, exactly. All right, we'll come back. Our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, Daniel Horowitz, will be here with us next on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Stay tuned. You know, walking your dog or some people like go like to go running with their dogs. Hey, that is good for your pet. But you know what else your health, your pet needs? Um, nutrients like vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, probiotics, omega oils. The list goes on. And unfortunately, they're probably not getting it from that store-bought food that they love so much because it's dead as a doornail once it leaves the factory. It is sterilized for mass consumption and production like they do with a lot of our food. That's why we take supplements and that's why i've been telling you for a while now about rough greens it isn't a dog food it's a supplement that you put in your dog's food and it's jam-packed with all those things that will promote a happy and healthier lifestyle for your pet your dog is gonna go crazy for this stuff our dog cap absolutely loves it and you can give your dog the rough greens 14 day jumpstart bag today for just 14.95 and see if you don't see the difference in your dog in two weeks or less. Go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. R-U-F-F is how they spell it over there. Roughgreens.com slash blaze. 14 days for just $14.95 at roughgreens.com slash blaze. Let's bring in our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation, our good friend Daniel Horowitz. Good to see you, brother. How are you? Hey, Steve. Supreme Court, anarchy, corona fascism. Oh, my. What's not going on? So you tell me, where do you want to begin? Oh, Steve, I mean, all three, but uh, what, what, whatever is cooking with you. Let's start with the Supreme Court fight. Trump's going to make his announcement on Saturday. I will tell you somebody I know who is close with one of the candidates not named Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, texted me basically a waving of the white flag this morning telling me that they're pretty confident it is going to be Amy Coney Barrett. 
it makes a lot of sense politically. She already went through the full vetting process. She was maybe the or one of the runners-up two years ago when they picked Brett Kavanaugh for this spot. Catholics have been the key swing vote in for the last four decades since Roe versus Wade. Only one person has won the presidency without winning Catholics, and that was George W. Bush the year of the 537 Florida vote recount. So that's kind of an outlier. So that is a key swing uh, demographic. She obviously represents that. Putting a woman up for the left to trash uh, could be very enticing if you're the Trump White House because suburban women have been the number one base group that you have leaked since winning in 2016. You want to see if you can win some of them back. So politically, she checks every box. She clerked for Scalia. She, I've seen speeches she's given at our at Hillsdale, which is one of our educational Valhallas. She's, she checks every single box politically. But what are you looking for from a, from a, from a judiciary standpoint? Sure. I mean, Steve, there's a matter of do you want to help Trump win an election or do you care about the Supreme Court? I mean, this is about the Supreme Court. Now, those two are not necessarily in conflict here. Um, Here's what here's what I think based on what we know. Based on what we know, I think all of the names that are being bantied about and really, as you noted, there's really only one at this point, but they are all a step up from what we've had until now. Um, We obviously wanted Barrett over Kavanaugh when it was the two of them. I have more confidence in her opinions on social issues relative to Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. And I have more confidence based on her writings on stereo decisis on her willingness to actually challenge the status quo d- in an d- active d- way. D- now, I tell the audience when they hear the term stare decisis, there's the definition that the legal beagles give you, and then there's the real definition, which is whatever a judge conjures up, no matter what reasoning, no matter how depraved, no matter how fiendish, is now the law, and we have to recognize it as such and can't do anything about it. That's what it really means. But what do they say it's supposed to mean? What's it actually? What, what, so, they, so they, what will they lie and say that it means? Sure. They say what it means is that when you have the Supreme Court for a certain number of years um, basing a statutory or constitutional interpretation off of an opinion that began at a certain time, uh, you have to have deference that and you can't reverse it. Now, mind you, everything the left does is a reversal of precedent because, for example, by definition, there was a gay marriage case in the 1970s. It was nine to nothing. Um, To my knowledge, Obergefell was the first time a nine to zero precedent was overturned. Um, they have no problem doing that. What do you think finding rights for illegal immigrants or finding rights for transgenderism? By definition, we are evolving, right? And then they openly say that. But their rule is that they could take 200 years of precedent overnight. Even a lower court could say, yeah, screw that. It's racist. And then once that's done even one time, um, Supreme Court justices have to abide by that. But something that they don't like, even a lower court judge could ignore because this is who we are. We're good people. um, And and that's what the Constitution means. So this is part of my broader issue, Steve, why the entire construct of judicial supremacism, meaning that the interpretation of the Constitution is completely, solely, exclusively left in the hands of the judicial branch of government – And they decide questions with finality that affect the whole of the people socially, politically, um, not just kind of one litigant, a bankruptcy case, a civil law case, even a criminal case. If we are going to subscribe by that, you know my longstanding view is that 
the game is rigged, as I just said, in numerous ways. I have a show yesterday, episode 723 on my podcast. I explained this for an hour and a half with a law professor from Pepperdine, uh, Derek Muller. This is never going to end. Um, we are not going – Steve, th- there is enough nuclear um, jurisprudence material in the system now to destroy our constitution seven times over. So even if you staunch some of the bleeding, well, not even staunch the bleeding, but prevent new cuts from being made. For example, just this year with Bostock um, from, from Gorsuch, I do think that an Amy Barrett nomination would make it more likely. We're not going to have new bad cases, but there's enough bad material that we don't have enough judges to overturn that because the left controls the arc of litigation of what comes into the courts, because the lower court judges are still doing what they want. I don't think fundamentally we are going to be in a better position if we don't fight judicial supremacism. But with that said, if you are going to tell me, Steve, that this is everything, the president doesn't matter. Senate doesn't matter. Congress doesn't matter. Governors don't matter. Nine justices on the Supreme Court are everything. I don't agree with that. But if you're going to tell me that, I want to know where they are on the relevant issues today based in those constitutional interpretations. For example, I have an article out today with 16 very direct questions that if you're going to tell me we're getting an originalist, then at least privately we should have answers to those questions. And this is not a rip on Amy Barrett or any of the other ones. But practically none of them, we don't really know the answer to a lot of that. One of the big things is corona fascism. Look, Steve, if this is going to be a a vetoing body that could strike down immigration laws, strike down every doggone election procedure around every day and give the election to the Democrats like we're seeing every day now, then, yes, you better believe I want to be able to go before a judge and have relief against real unalienable rights being infringed upon, uh, right to go to church, right to own a business, um, right to breathe free air without a diaper on. I mean, you better believe I want the 14th Amendment for what it actually does mean. Do we know where these people stand on some of these rulings? I don't know, Steve, and that's the problem because the Democrats, when they have nominees, they could go down my list of 16 questions and they know. So along those lines, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley says, hey, I'm, I'm just going to start asking people point blank. Will you overturn Roe versus Wade? And if you don't, I'm not voting for yep. you. OK, now some people whose opinions I respect and I are don't think that's a good tactic. Um, they think it's essentially just exposing the candidate out in the open uh, to get crucified by the left, noting Antonin Scalia refused at his confirmation in the 80s to answer direct questions about his position on the row. In his 1991 confirmation uh, hearings before they blew up over Anita Hill, Clarence Thomas was willing, and you and I both adore him, but he was willing to give, and I went back and looked at the accounts, and it's true, he was willing to give very specific answers on his opposition to affirmative action. He was not willing to give any answers of any specificity on Roe versus Wade whatsoever. And so there's concern that what Holly will do while good intentioned could end up actually backfiring at the exact same time. What's your view? So Steve, if you notice Roe v. Wade is not on my list of 16. Now it's not because I don't think it should be asked, but it's kind of a league of its own. So I put that aside on a shelf, but it's a very good question, but there's a very good answer. You see, we have 40 years worth of 
50 years worth of failure to justify this. Republican presidents have appointed 13 of the last 19 justices, so we should have had 13 to 6. We should have always had a majority easily. Yet out of the 13, there were only two, Scalia and Thomas, that were really kind of impervious originalists. Um, if you want to expand it to Alito and Rehnquist, I think the next tier out, that's four out of 13. Nine of them we struck out to varying degrees. Gorsuch and, and Kavanaugh were learning certain cases. Hopefully they won't be as bad as Roberts in the long run. Um, we, we had obviously Souter and, 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 and Blackman and Powell and all these guys. Nixon's you know terrible ones and Ford. But the reality is if you don't know they exist, you can't assume they do. Well, Daniel, you know, Thomas and Scalia, we didn't know they would be as good as they were. You're right. We lucked out twice. Two out of 13 times. You can't assume we're going to get that. We usually do not. And it's time we get it, at least privately. Here's the problem, Steve. They're not even asking this stuff privately, despite Schumer accusing them of doing it. They really don't. And the proof is in the pudding. We don't know where they are on this stuff. How in the world wouldn't you ask Gorsuch about Bostock? I mean, it was before that, but about the transgenderism. That was one of my questions in 2017 that I said would come before Gorsuch, and it wasn't asked of him. Um, look, they're right. If we have a guy that we know is good, you want to just kind of stealthily get him through. But here in our effort to fool the Democrats, we wind up fooling ourselves. This is the problem every time. We just saw it in front of our eyes. We got massacred this year, numerous earth-shattering cases by the vaunted conservative Supreme Court. I mean, listen, the reason, ask, the, the reason we have, yeah. the reason Roe is, is standing today is Sandra Day O'Connor. Let's just be honest about that, okay? Yeah. Roe is standing today because Sandra Day O'Connor flipped on the Casey, Pennsylvania v. Casey case in 1992, which was the last real threat we've made against we've had lots of abortion regulation opinions at the court but that was the last one that challenged the merits of roe itself more than a quarter century ago and she flipped on us and ended up organizing yep. helping to organize a cabal of those who saved roe versus wade in the casey in the casey case so let's just be honest about that and that and she was considered yep. at the time one of reagan's shining achievements appointing the first female justice to the u.s supreme court and she ended up saving Roe versus Wade. That just that's the that's just the truth. Let's be honest. On to Obergefell, on to Bostock. Every single time we lose irrevocably, we are worse off than we were 15 years ago in the Supreme Court by a mile, even though on paper it should be better. We seem to understand this, but then when we get in front of the time to actually rectify it, we all get gun shy. Like, oh, well, Daniel, I didn't mean that degree of a. Uh, uh, originalist. Well, I, I didn't mean that much certitude. Well, you can't exactly say that. Well, then don't lie to me. Don't tell me that this is the savior. Um, I'm fine with saying, look, Democrats could appoint whoever they want to the Supreme Court, and we're just going to end judicial supremacism, as some on the left are actually coming around to, and that's fine. Let's shake on it. But if you're going to play this game and tell me that this is this is the path to overturning this stuff, this is the path to changing the courts, then I want to see it. Again, I want to summarize, Steve. I have better vibes about Amy Barrett and some of the other ones than the ones we've had until now. Yeah. I had specific concerns with Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, and they turned out to be Agreed. exactly correct. I don't have a particularized concern other than 
having a nice family, being a great Catholic, being personally conservative, we've learned it doesn't necessarily translate to having the Clarence Thomas guts to saying, I don't care about the ramifications. I don't care about being called a racist. I don't care about being called this. I will just do it. That is where they all get gun shy. And if you don't have a paper trail like Jim Ho, uh, Judge Ho in the Fifth Circuit, he has a whole paper trail of this. To our mutual friend Josh Hammer, that was the person he clerked, clerked for, for in the U.S. Court of Appeals. Right? That guy, you know what he's going to do, but that's why they'll never nominate someone like him because he outed himself. Amy Barrett, I mean, there's just – I just don't know. I, I mean, Steve, could you say for sure she would overturn Roe Obergefell and Bostock? Could, could you look me in the All eyes? All three of them? Me? No. Do I believe she would overturn Roe? Yes. Wow. Okay. I do. I yeah. I, I know philosophically she's definitely there. Um, but Steve, and I think of that, the three that you mentioned, the one dealing, the, the, the and we're almost out of time, but the one, the, the, the final one dealing with um, uh, the, the, the gender issue and all that other stuff, I think that would be the one that would probably be the most problematic in my own opinion. Just simply because of how new and fresh that particular issue is, okay? You could, as you know, you could say as an originalist, as a textualist, I'd like to see a little bit more on this issue. We went too far in one direction. Let's not go too far the other. Where's the science at on this? Yada 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 yada. But I'm a hundred percent. Well, I shouldn't say hundred. Very confident she would overturn Roe. Confident she would overturn Obergefell. Now we have got to get cases though before the court that does these kinds of things. Steve, so, we, Steve, you, so you need legislation are- and you need legislation in your states that that are framed to challenge the merits of Roe in order to call the question of Roe before the court in the first place. Steve, I, I disagree because because the left gets a vote, even even if Republicans are horrible and they don't do anything, they're advancing uh, the transgenderism every day in every aspect of life in the lower courts. The Supreme Court is not taking up those appeals. So you need an answer on its own. Are you going to take up those appeals and say, wait a minute, um, they're saying Bostock governs this. I'm saying, A, I don't think it does govern this. And even if it does, Bostock is actually wrong. If you're an originalist and you're especially at a Supreme Court level, you need to be t- t- telling me that. And I don't know that Amy Barrett wouldn't do that, but we don't know she would. We don't know any of these people would. So don't sit and tell me. We are rectifying the judicial problem because, frankly, it's been an act of an exercise of drinking coffee with a fork. And I know I'm, I'm kind of the skunk at the party here, Steve, but past history is very strong and we need evidence to demonstrate that we're not repeating it. Again, hey, we're not- out of time. I got to go. I hate yeah. to do that to you. I'm sorry. We're Alrighty. out of time. Take care. Good to see you, brother. As always, take care. All right. We're going to stick around. We are out of time, right? That's correct. Yep. Okay. All right. Because I can't hear any music or anything, but I thought we were out of time. All right. So we're going to stick around and do the overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers for the rest of you. Have a great day. We are back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.